0: physical in the sense often at the very beginning of this podcast we talked about acquiring love falling into love finding love getting love giving love like the commodification of love which that doesn't resonate with me I was talking more about sharing love not just about community but in a kind of Ubuntuan kind of sense whereas in it's, it's kind of an African philosophy that understands that I am because you are and you are because I am. I exist not just in the present, but I exist because of the unborn and also my ancestors. It's a way, a holistic way of thinking of the universe and, and, and being and sharing space and time. And I, and I, and I, want, I see love. That, that's love. Love is something there that we share. We are, not vessel, we are vessels through which it, it passes through. Instead of this idea of we, we can get love, we have a designated day of the year where we express love in this specific way, and I, I just find it—it is—it is both limiting and narrow in terms of. S- there's so many different type forms of love that we, in the West, it, we, we just wrap it up in some Disney, um, you know, 2 hours movie. And there's so much more that we're losing. Um, do, do you notice a contrast between um, "I am
1: because you are" and? I think, therefore, I am. Oh, so, so, so <laughs> well, there you go, that's the I. It's the, it's the individual, right? It's the individual process. But I, I think, before I am, you know, one of the great uh, quotes of the Enlightenment uh, valued individual reason over anything else. It rejected um, what it called religious dogma. It said the individual capacity to reach truth is king. And so where you kind of where that led us to, in my opinion, I think the Enlightenment, as brilliant as it was, fucked a lot of shit up <laughs> because it's um, it, because it couldn't find an explanation um, for exactly what you're talking about, so This kind of spiritual language just did not fit, and so they really tried, they really really tried, and then they just gave up, and um, we're left without it. And I think it's I think we're in poverty because of it.
2: I just wanted to say, Naniso, I'm not. I, I completely agree with you, but I'm. I'm. I i am i do not think that we're not aligned, and I th- I think that we were talking about the same thing when we were talking about communion, because what you're talking about is that connectedness between generations, with your ancestors, with the you know the people that have been before you and come after you, the, the other people and beings that are around you, and that sense of connectedness to a whole is what love comes down to. And, but then the then we have tried to simplify that because it's a very strange, very Grand concept for our little minds to 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 understand. So we've tried to harness it and put it in a you know in a box that we can relate to and communicate with more easily. And then, as everything else, we've tried to turn it into a commodity to give us that sense of control that we know how to get love, we know how to experience love because it's a very complex issue, and we needed a guideline. And that guideline first came through religion, and then and then filtered into pre- interpersonal relationships and in the end with romanticism, which I think did us the biggest disservice, um, um, ended up in this very limiting fairy tale fantasy that we all share that is not the collective fantasy of what love should be.
3: And, um, what I really loved about what Naniso said um, was the idea of a connectivity between generations um, either past, present, dead, alive, unborn. And what immediately what that struck with me was, again, because I remembered that recently you performed a piece about the Lion King. And immediately, I was just like the circle of life. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, But no. But but we 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 arguably we have talked about this like this idea of energy being replaced and coming back. And I'm wondering if. I know some cultures uh, in Australia, uh, South America and Africa but more so in Southeast Asia are very much more connected to the natural world and this idea of ancestry, ancestry uh, rather than just facts and yeah. reading a book for example but they're also connected to nature and I feel like again we come from nature and this idea, the, the ideas of love, no matter if it's Greek or if it's wherever it's come from stem from the fact that we are animals mm. at the end of the day. And I'm wondering if ideas like Aniso just said are connected to almost like the the basis of love before it diversified into our different cultures. And before we had a time mm. to write it down and say this is write down the rules, so to speak, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's why I really liked uh, especially the ancestry connection, I really found that fascinating. Can we elaborate
4: more on the
2: Lion King connection?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna be like super like particular about this, so with the, what we were talking about when it comes to um, I love you and you love me and this kind of Cartesian circle of I think therefore I am, I love because you love me that you have the cartesian fallacy so descartes was proven wrong because you have to assume the i in order for there to be a person acting if, with any kind of verb and so in that same circle as you have um love do you have to therefore assume that the other person is loving you where does this initial love come from the same with you have uh like a creationist would assume there's an unmoved mover to start the universe they give the energy that way if you're looking at, uh, at loving energy where does the initial loving energy come from? And I would say that actually loving energy and love as a verb is not just initiated in humans. I also think that um, like Cam is right in saying that there that sense of love can come from nature that can start outside of human relations. And particularly for me, I would say that when you were talking about um, mu- that music bonding people together, one of the most acute embodied experiences of love I've ever had is going to play music with people I'd never met and just jamming with them. So there's no set pattern of what we're doing and we just feel it out. And to me, that was a very embodied version of love. And I don't think that was um, uh, necessarily based on the people that were there. It was something that came through what we were doing and it came through the the environment. environment,
3: Yeah. Which again, (laughs) things back to nature in a way, but you know, yeah. (laughs) yeah
5: so now that our imaginations are warmed up i want to present a hypothetical using hate as a backdrop hate which could be viewed as the antithesis of love is often seen seen as something to purge from society something along the lines of evil or the devil on our collective shoulder that being said is it possible that hate or other negative emotion provides a necessary contrast for love Further, what would a hateless world look like if humanity were showered in love, liberated from jealousy, guilt, insecurity, and full of peace and good intention? Where can we start
6: here? Sure. Right off the bat, to begin with, uh, I'm not sure I'm in complete agreement with the fact that hate is the antithesis of love. Because um, love is an emotion hate as a consequence is also an emotion it could be a negative emotion or positive that's a different thing but what the antithesis of love according to me is indifference yeah. it's when mm-hmm. people yes. no longer care about someone people no longer pay attention no longer willing to put the effort there is nothing you can address nothing you can work on So somebody is giving you hate that is a reaction you can always tackle a reaction but it's very difficult to tackle something when it does not exist that's why indifference is the antithesis
3: of love and I'm not sure hate is the last words my ex-girlfriend said to me were I hate you and I with no, you don't. She <laughs> so, probably did, but, but what it said to me, <laughs> what, it said to me <laughs> what it said to me, what it said to me was that exactly what you're saying, and it was like, but she still cared, you know. She didn't like we fit, th- in my mind at the time. I was like, okay, you, you hate me, but you you know you still care, so you don't hate me, which which obviously is what we kind of perceive hate to be almost in a way a lot of the time. But I agree in, because in <clears throat> there have been instances when people have hated me, which I've always
6: been able to deal with. When in a relationship people are like, Yeah, whatever. Ah, I don't care. Do whatever you want. That's the part that really kills me. And because I can't do anything about someone's indifference, I don't know how to tackle it, I don't know how to work on it. I don't know how to make it better. It's worse than hate, my friends. But
7: but uh, but to be in a situation where someone uh, someone is indifferent to you, and 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 for that to bother you means that you have a need for that. You know, are you? Let's say you have a you have a preference for that person. To, 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 to so the idea that hate is the antithesis of love. I the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, both of them are kind of action. Yeah. And uh, so Marshall Rosenberg said, "There's only two things that people ever say," and I really love this concept. Is that you can only ever say please or thank you. So if you're happy about something, you're saying thank you. If you're unhappy about something, you're saying please. And uh, as a result, every time someone hates, they're essentially saying please. They're saying it very badly. <laughs> and they're not doing a good job of, of defining their intentions, their, their, their desires, their losses, what they need. And hate is a very good example of that. Love, to an extent, if you, if you think about it. It's a very good question, because if love needs nothing, it's a thank you, and if it wants something, then it's probably not love. Um, mm. I got something. Like, I like <laughs> you, you might
1: like. Uh, collectively. Um I, I like in the initial prompt there was this question of what would a society without hate look like. Uh, there's a great bit in um, David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jazz, which is all right as a book. Um, but um, there's a great bit in that, when the US has vanquished all of its enemies, and the entire US public is going through an existential crisis because they don't have an enemy to destroy. <laughs> <laughs> so see that. Uh, the next the next president gets elected because he creates the enemy of dirt, and so he launches his new campaign of launching rubbish into space. Anyway, so <laughs> but, but what David what, what, what Foster Wallace, I think, was touching on was um, he did it through humour because it's a really really difficult question to pose do as humans we need something or someone to hate and what does that say about us like if we um you know is it uh, if we ever get society to a point where it's like all right <laughs> will we just continue needing to find things to hate what is that What do you? Mean?
4: well i would actually kind of like turn that around and, and point that various point is that i think you can kind of go society can go without hate you can go in in a relationship without hate that's that's not like the issue hate is is when you kind of like feel so like wound up about something that you're still putting energy towards it But the issue is, is like, if you had a society where there was no hate, you would have this massive indifference. And indifference can be not only really uncomfortable in relationships, but super damaging. If you just are indifferent about issues that other people are going through, if you are indifferent about benefiting society, if you become indifferent about huge things, you would have a a society that essentially doesn't function in many ways. And like when it comes to relationships, one of the most damaging things you can do to another person is say, I'm indifferent to what you're asking of me or what you're saying or how you're expressing because then you just have this blockade of okay well we're not going to make any progress here and it just can't move forward so if you have a situation where you know people are firing rubbish into space and they're putting hate there you have this like black and white this shadow and uh, highlight situation where you have There's a shadow which highlights the good stuff, it highlights the love, and it's kind of this yin-yang thing. And I think the worst part of realizing that you go without hate for a really long time is that the highlights, get really big and then you need bigger shadows to show them off and you get really comfortable being super in love and you're really comfortable and then the second that that decreases a little bit the shadow is immediately there and you're like oh my god well why aren't we like sending each other valentine's cards every single day it's just it's this thing where you have to be very conscious about it
3: the touching uh, I want to bring this back to some Global socio-economic stuff, <laughs> if you'll have me. Um, yes, we're touching on the idea of utopia, yeah. a, a society without hate and where everyone is, you know, without want, so to speak. And I think, in comparison to most of human history, we're pretty close. But then, with the with what you just said, with uh, the highlights need to have the shadows. Um, I think, at least in the early 2000s just before 9-11 I think society at least Western society was getting close and especially in the 2010s we got very close with how things were going 2008-07 came uh, with the crash and then that was a highlight and then after after that crash we've now had this shadow as you said in your words Um, but then And now we're realising, ah, society's crap, Like we need to fix this, and we're now trying to aim for a different utopia even though what we already had and what we do have now is considerably, like, probably beyond the idea of utopia to (laughs) someone 200 years ago, even 100 years ago. I,
8: I think part of the problem with, with this, this concept and this conversation is that we're constantly playing in dichotomy. As you yeah. were like saying, the highlighting and the shadow. Yeah, yeah. And, well, the opposite of love must be hate. There always has to be a perfect opposite to these things. And I think that's exactly what our current society is facing, is this realization where this dichotomy, one, is fake, two, it doesn't function, and three, it actually doesn't exist, so what's yeah. the third option? And I think, especially when it comes to love as well, going back to our previous conversation, well, if it's not romantic love, then it must be this kind of love. Mm-hmm. If it's not this kind of love, it must be this kind. And I think that's a lot of what we're realising, is the more we try to attribute like words or concepts or opposites yeah. to these things, the more we realise that there is no
3: perfect opposite. Yeah, we'll always be no no... going further, trying and then failing sometimes, mm-hmm. and sometimes succeeding.
8: Yeah, Which which can also be horrifying when you realise, yeah, exactly. oh crap, there's a third option that nobody told me about and I have to somehow figure this
3: out? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Professor, where like, are you? <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh,
0: as an expectant father, um, I, uh, I, uh, I, it weighs upon me uh, heavily the idea that to bring a child into a world that I see as devoid of love um, that, wow. is, that is just full, full of to use the terms we're employing today of hate uh, with these tiny pockets here and there of love mm-hmm. and I, 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 it's like this huge cloud of me when I really think about it uh, I'm extremely pessimistic about it um, and I, I know Nate and I talk about often is society is the world getting better and I'm always like no it's not no it's mm-hmm. it's going the other, other direction um, and yeah it's just yeah no.
2: can I say something here that's probably going to freak you out Thanks. um <laughs> as an expected father out, please. I think the truth of the matter is that the your child's concept of love is going to be shaped not after the world and the reality that a person engages with or the world it lives in, he or she lives in, <laughs> but their idea of love is going to come from you. Like their first, the, the, the language and the concept and the understanding of love and what love is to them and how they will go about and look for it World is going to come from that first idea of nourishment, protection, um, connection, um, safety, uh, or adventure, or you know, you name it. All these kind of feelings that you are going to put into their head. So it's it's astonishing to what extent our idea of love is actually just. Shaped by our parents and their relationship and their relationship to us, and then we respond to that and look for that later in the world. And it's so much more about that, and so much like the rest of the world and the state it's in is almost irrelevant to a to a child's de- emotional development. Wow. Mm. Yeah.
4: Yep.
2: Speaking as first-year child care professional,
4: um, you, <laughs> <laughs> you have this stage for the first um, six months where a child does not associate closely with any one person. It's, it's this kind of oxytocin feedback. When they get breast milk and they are fed, they get a rush of oxytocin. And you, and unfortunately, this is proven in some really horrific experiments with monkeys but done by a guy called Harlow, I think in the 60s um where he had two um wire monkey doll things that were just not very nice one which um had a milk teat and the other which had soft padding and the monkeys as they get older they they go over to the comforting one they go over to the soft one because they want the comfort they don't need that food right then so you're seeing that they're In at first, when they don't need the comforting, when they're just in the in the world, they're they're having their oxytocin reactions to the milk provider, and then it translates into other figures such as you know fathers and nannies and that kind of thing because they're then finding that oxytocin feedback loop coming from you know soft clothes, from the cuddles, from those kind of things, and then after that little six month space then they can start associating with people they recognize faces they say oh you're someone who's safe you're someone who gives me that good feeling and so i actually would say that i think the notion of love comes from they have this like internal thing it's a feeling at first it just starts as a feeling and it's not from one person or another it's the actions that they do Um, but i think obviously nanita will be providing that action i just wanted to clarify that it's like it's not just because you are a father mm. it's because you're doing something as a father
0: i just want to clarify once again um i i i don't mean what in those early years specifically what i was referring more to is that realization that the world is full of wolves uh that loss of innocence that moment where you realize that king kong is not just a movie about a monkey uh, you realize that Tintin is not just some comic book about a kid reporter traveling the world it's that it's full of bigotry and racism Mm-hmm. And where did you go as a child from, you know, being cuddled in that world to the reality of the world that is,
6: for the most part, devoid of love, in the, to use the terms that we're kind of using today? I want to answer that with uh, a, s- a slight example from my childhood. I have a friend. Uh, she and I have very, very similar childhoods. Basically, both of, uh, her, her father died when she was three or four. My father left the family when I was four or five. So both of us were brought up only by my, uh, our respective mothers. And um, I've always noticed that when it comes to things in life, she and I have a very dist- uh, a very polar opposite path. She is often bitter to a lot of things that do not go her way. I often know how to take things in my stride and I've been okay with it. And the reason why I would attribute to that is, or rather the reason I would attribute to that feeling is that my mother, she was always telling me that when she was growing up, there was nobody there to love her intensely. To catch her, hold her, you know, to talk to her all the time and stuff like that. So she she decided consciously that she will do it for both my brother and myself. So I have been overly loved, overly hugged all the time. I used to kiss my mom every day. I still call her every day. I still talk to her every day. But with my friend, it's not been the case. So when you say that, yes, the world is filled with hate. But then if you can teach your kids or your generations to love intensely by loving them intensely in the first place, I think their, their perception towards hate that's existing in the world is completely different, because I right. see that my friend treats the world very differently compared to how I treated. and I'd like to say we had very similar childhoods, because we had the same, uh, what is that For the, I don't know the statistical term but basically something that happened that changed both of our lives primarily, which Trump. was the father's trauma, exactly, which was our father's being absent from our life, you know, yeah. the reasons
8: as is- mm-hmm. but- uh, well. Well, I, I was just going to say, it, it. then it goes back to the definition of love, right? So I was one of those kids where I was, I was very grateful that I was raised by a very loving family, like my extended family, everyone. But, on the other hand, even with that, I was also one of those kids that was destroyed by realizing that the world was full of monsters. So like, my favorite, my, my famous story that my mom always says, and she's like, it's so funny, I was like, that ruined me, was, was finding out that Santa wasn't real. Right, So, talk about the epitome of this love. Like, Santa to me was like God, right? I was like, oh, I love you, Santa. So, so but like, the famous story is, is I come home and these kids are making fun of me, and I come home and I'm like crying, and I'm like, Mom, is, is Santa not real? And she's like, Yeah, baby, I'm sorry, he's not real. And I'm sorry, I'm like crying. I was like, What? The Easter Bunny, too? She's like, Yeah, baby, the Easter Bunny, too. I'm like, and, the, and the Tooth Fairy? The Tooth Fairy, too? She's like, Yeah, yeah, baby. I'm like, yeah, that's what happened. I'm like, God is dead! <laughs> like, so for me, it also, like, I was one of those kids where it just crashed and burned after that. Even though I was in this situation of tons of love and my parents did good, but part of it also has to do with, like, at some point, the, the horrifying thing about being a parent is at some point you have to realize they're like, oh, this is, they're their own person. Like, they will interpret this and feel however they're gonna feel about this, and there's only so much prep work I can do. Like, that's part of it too.
2: I want to say, I mean, that's part of it, and that's part of life, and that's part of your duty as a parent, I guess, to also prepare them that life is not gonna be, you know, all pink and uh, and perfect. It's gonna be also, you know, disappointment, and bitterness, and pain, and struggles, but then you, I mean, you said you crushed and burned, but did you though? Because then your parents or somebody is still there for you and uh, to catch you, and it's okay to go through this, you know, horrid, horrid moments and disappointment, and then your mom was there to say it's okay you know it's it's, it's part of life it's what life is but
0: i okay. i strongly like disagree uh lives. no none of this father <laughs> christmas business needs to stop,
9: all right? <laughs> <laughs> stop. I, agree.
0: Like, I don't serious. understand the concept of this fictitious Old white bearded dude who breaks yeah. into a house. <laughs> it's weird like, okay. It's great, to, it's great to find out when
7: you're eight years old that your parents were lying to you. That's that's. that's well, one of
2: that right. prepares you for capitalism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, need need mean, you need to be ready. You need to be ready. All
5: right, so <laughs> it is it is time, comrades, for another round of comrades. agree or disagree. <laughs>
7: Let's, Let's see go. how this goes with eleven people.
5: <laughs> I respect it. So, for our for our newcomers, the way this works is uh, I'll present five popular quotes spanning recorded history, related to love, and after each quote, all of you must respond with either agree or disagree. No comments, though. No comments. Although you will afterwards have a very short period to justify yourselves if you wish. So here we go. First up. We are never so defenseless against suffering, as when we love. Ooh.
7: I agree. Whoa!
5: Remember, Is that defenseless, you said? Defenseless. <coughs> Wrong. Wrong. Disagree. The opposite. Are we gotta disagree. Uh, which way do we wanna go? I
8: have to have an opinion on this? Agree or disagree. <laughs> I have
5: to have a stance on this? <laughs> you need an agree or disagree. If we, we kindly ask for it. You don't <laughs> have to. But. Uh,
8: pass? You can pass. Pass. I pass.
0: Agree. Mm-hmm. Kibbs. what did you say?
8: I, oh my... You see? You Did
10: you say it again? Don't fight. This Is Street Fighter? Uh, I, I said disagree. What did you oh, say? I agree! Oh my that god, this is wrong. would you please read it once more,
5: more? Sure. Uh, we are never so defenseless against suffering as when we love. <sighs> uh, uh.
1: Uh, I want to say, say disagree. Uh, yes.
8: Yeah, I'm on, okay, I'm going to disagree. Uh, yes. yeah. okay. I think agree. I, I, I think this isn't
9: enough time to think about. I think I agree, though. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I'd like to agree primarily because love is vulnerability, and you're defenseless when you're vulnerable.
2: Yeah, agree, agree. You, could, you have to totally embrace suffering when you love. True love empowers. Disagree.
3: Oh. Yeah, that's, that's oh, what oh, I like oh, 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 drop. Oh. that mic. Drop that oh. mic. <laughs>
4: Sweetie, I'm with Nate. I completely disagree. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
10: Drop that mic.
5: And as part of the, the game afterwards, I give the name of the quoted individual, and that was... Founder of Psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud. Of you have oh. to agree
3: Big coke yeah. Old Siggy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds like a rap name,
5: Old Siggy. That's right. All right, what's the next one, what's the next one? <laughs> next <laughs> up, next up, um, all right. Lo- love is a canvas furnished by nature and embroidered by imagination. Ooh. Oh,
10: yeah. Oh my god, yo.
4: Can I tweet that? <laughs> agree. That's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> agree. I'm
10: gonna pee.
4: <laughs> I think everyone agrees, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 We all agree. Big that agree. agree. That was uh, Voltaire. Uh, I, a uh, well, I,
0: was I didn't to get so like, disagree. Wait, did you. Uh, Whoa. Yes, yes. I have to disagree. Because Kim's agreed? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly why. I, I, <laughs> I disagree. I <laughs> The very nature of the human imagination is so
6: limited. What? Whoa. But that doesn't mean
9: what? it doesn't define.
6: Our experience of life. Wait, it's 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 it, not. Isn't it, not, it's that very Marxian? Because you're saying that <laughs> yes, human human, human imagination comes from observation slash inspiration, and that comes from material things. So if you're limited to what the material things are available, you can't imagine beyond. No,
10: but then that would mean that humans don't innovate, and it's clearly it's very clear that we do. So you're saying that no? Whoa, no, no, no. Um, yes. Oh my God! Go. Oh my God! I was trying to hold back. I was trying yes. to hold back. Um, I w- you're saying that the human imagination is limited to love just through our
0: observations or, or what are you saying exactly? I'm saying that what I was saying since the beginning that love is so limited um, And because we have limited it with our imagination And I see it, it should be much broader but it's so limited Mm. So I think nature does provide that canvas, but we, then we paint it only with four, or five. Colors. So you're saying you're saying, uh, theoretically, saying. It's still true, but in practice, it's not. Like we're still, we're painted, still but we're using it four letters to paint it. So I, what else is I about? wouldn't.
10: Mm, no, I wouldn't say that we are using four letters. Not as a community. I would say that love is such an individual and such a subjective experience that. That, that pen or whatever that canvas is in front of you and these colors are in front of you and all the colors are there and you can decide whether or not you choose four or five if we put ten fruits in front
0: of us yeah. one of them is a pear yeah. we will both taste ten fruits and then we'll agree which one is the pear why is that? it's because we have come to an agreement a social agreement that that, that is what a pear looks like and what it tastes like we have come to a social agreement this is what love is Okay, uh, that's where I find I issues find so we okay,
10: well, let me tell you where I find issue with, with where you went with that, okay? So, um, <laughs> no, because I, I see where you're going and I yeah. just want to bring it, reel it back, okay? So let's just say there's 10 fruits in front of us, right? Yeah. Now, you can choose to do with those fruits what you would want. Whether, whatever we decide to call those fruits, we call those fruits... Yeah, we can agree on a term, that's how language works, right? However, if you decide that you want to just eat this spe- pear, that's completely fine. And I can choose to make a fruit salad and have a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying that these colors are there, and then people will use them and paint whatever they decide to paint with them. Um, if I could just take it, just stay... Oh, but let me respond No okay, one, right? I, I, know wrong, right? Right?
0: I know you're wrong,
6: hey, but respond. I'm sorry. Alright. Could I just add one thing to that? Uh, it's basically saying, if you're saying that love can only be painted by a few colors, then that's a very conservative concept. Because today, like, the whole concept of rainbow love exists, yeah. that comes from all colors, all beliefs. Oh, you misunderstood. So, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it should be. I'm saying it is. And I'm it saying, but it shouldn't be. But I'm saying it isn't. But I'm, I'm saying it is. <laughs> because what, <laughs> I'd like to say it isn't because of um, because love these days is not just between the conservative concept of men and women. Because now it's this more opened up. So there are different shades of love, different colors of love which are being embraced today. So I would like to say that it isn't what you are thinking and love has so more colors in few basically what things.
2: you're saying and yeah. I think we can agree is that the pair is there. We all agree what the pair is, but you can also go for the pineapple.
9: True. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you
2: want to go for the pineapple. <laughs> Falling? Okay. That's That's obviously,
5: obviously better. Okay, okay. okay
1: here <laughs> because
6: we go. the pineapple
3: is, huh? yeah.
5: On the romantic side, now, yes. F- falling out of love is like losing weight. It's a lot easier putting it on than taking it off. Uh, uh,
10: falling it out of oh, love yeah. is like losing weight.
8: Putting what
7: on? It is easier to fall in love than to fall out of love. Yes, it's more terrible.
3: It's, it's, it's yeah. You end up. There's a lot more work involved no. falling out of love. Is well,
9: that?
3: I mean, physically. Oh, yeah, yeah. You What's can find that but that's when I've but, up.
0: but you then
7: you end up yeah. this hey, yeah, with the, oh,
3: right. the
0: conversation. Come on, guys. Put us together.
3: Um, I would. Yeah, disagree. Disagree. We got it. one. Disagree. I totally disagree. Disagree. I'd have to agree, but only because when I've been heartbroken, I have physically lost weight. I just have <laughs> need. <eaten. laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> disagree.
1: Uh, I um I I'm neither agree or disagree. I just think people are really shit at falling out of love, and they should get better at it. Oh. Uh,
5: yeah. uh,
1: it
9: it's dif- more difficult to fall out of love than into in love. Yeah, as in it's the- it's easier yeah. to put on
5: weight to eat a lot of cake and whatever and put on weight than it is to, you know, work your ass off at the gym yeah. and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it takes more yeah more work more effort more mm-hmm. more more uh, uh, more of a
9: process. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I'm so confused. With which way around this is? Sorry, I think that's more difficult. I think falling out of love is more difficult. I don't know if that's disagree. Yeah. yeah, that's Disagree. Yeah.
6: That yes. I agree. Falling out of love is the most difficult thing that I have done. But because I'm a fool in love, I keep doing it all the time.
2: <laughs> I disagree because I think it is individual and it depends on the person and their temperament.
7: Agree with the message. Disagree with the metaphor. <laughs> well
5: Nate makes his own options
4: I disagree because I think people over time can become really lazy in their relationships and that can be um, an effect of falling out of love even yeah. if they don't realise that and then they end in oh. divorce that really the
0: quick I that. <laughs> so
5: Aretha Franklin
4: <laughs> agree. <I> agree. <laughs> well then, I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I, agree.
5: I, I don't know who that is. R and B pop. Respect, singer. respect. Yeah, It's yeah.
2: like R and B
5: singer. R E S T T. and B sweetest yeah. Ramin. Okay.
2: Two,
5: two more. To say I love you, one must first be able to say the I. Woo.
10: Amen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, go yes. around quickly.
4: Grab the microphone. Go, 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 go. Agree or disagree? Agree. I so agree with this. I'm so with this. Yes.
7: I agree. One must know oneself.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I agree, too. Ooh. Yeah, agreed. I agree.
1: I have no idea what the question is about to be <laughs> insinuating together. You, agree with, you the to rest, stay
10: as as with the rest. Stay
2: the group. it to say is <laughs> also to
10: know in this <laughs> case. I,
0: I disagree. Uh, the eye should not be part of the love.
3: Yeah, <gasps> oh um, yeah. I also disagree. Uh, I think that it's a very idealistic way of thinking. People will choose to say "I love you" no matter what. Oh.
10: Mm. Do you have a gasp yeah. sound
8: effect. Uh, I'm I'm getting stuck on the semantics of this, so I I disagree with the semantics, but I also disagree in that. Uh, it's also a very selfish perspective of, in, I need to know myself, and I. It's all about me yeah. in order to yeah. b- express that. So I also disagree with regards to that too. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. I,
5: I agree. Uh, you me agree. first. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that, capitalist. Ashes. Yeah. Well, that, that quote. Yeah, that quote. That's a quote from author and objectivist Ayn Rand. Oh my god! I
10: love her. I uh, absolutely love her. It looks, yeah, she's, she's the right. one who, by the virtual selfishness. Oh my God, what
9: a beautiful,
4: writing. I would just say oh, that. Really? I
10: th- oh yeah, I mean, it. genuinely, I love her to
4: death. I think around around this table there might have been a few discrepancies in how people interpreted that statement, and I think that with the particularly the verb say, I think there was a bit of trouble over there with Alia, but yeah. But I think. Uh, yeah, it would just be quite interesting to to hear about how some people interpreted that because that may sort of align more people than just saying the statement.
6: Hmm. I'd um, I like to say that the way I interpreted the statement was you need to know yourself before you say yes. I love you to someone or yes. you fall, fall in love with somebody else. And If you're unsure of yourself, you will never know what you want slash need slash what you want to fall in love with. And so you need to be... I need to know what I want if I know who I want to
3: be with. What I would say is that people never really know themselves.
6: It's not we always
3: change, like we're always growing, we're always in different stages, and you might know yourself in the past. So that's just like
6: different. love, right? It is a discovery, it is a journey that happens every day. Yes, you, yeah, as so you discover yourself, say, you also discover then, the
3: relationship. But then yeah. for the, the, the actual question, was to say, I love you means that you know yourself and i'm like no you don't know yourself and you don't know what love will be i want to so say it's similar. about
2: embracing yourself though and whatever you're going through like you need to have that awareness of yourself of where yourself is and it it's, so I, before you can surrender yourself but
3: my cynicism takes to. over and says people won't do that I would. <laughs> you know?
4: I would just say in relation to the point is that I would interpret it as you to say so I don't believe that the self is fully knowable you can't yeah. tack down who you are in the future and that if that future is has the same self as you and it stands outside of your knowable universe which it does because it's the future then all of you is not knowable not, you can't know all of you and I'm quite comfortable with that but so for me the statement wasn't saying you ha- in saying it isn't that you have to know the self completely in saying you have to have a position uh, which relates to the object that you are loving so for example if someone says oh my god I love that and they really have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about for example people who you know start talking about how much they love Pumpkin spice lattes when they've never tried them. To me, you can't have a loving act if you don't actually relate to the object. So there's no relation between you and that thing if you just say it. To me, that you can't say love. That is not a relation because you aren't relating to the object.
9: That's how, that's how I was interpreting that thing. Was, was that there has to be a subject in the situation?
10: I, well, I what I what, the way I was or where I was coming from with that statement was more so there's a really nice quote that Wayne Dyer says where he says you can't give what you don't have so I think you first have to have this idea of, of self-love, self-compassion, self-acceptance mm-hmm. and then you can give or offer that or yeah. I prefer to use the term share that with someone else yeah. it does have to really stem from that individual Hell, yeah. Yeah. Hell, yeah well put word right. uh. <laughs>
5: So. Finally we come to <laughs> Hatred does not cease by hatred But only by love This is the eternal rule
9: There's, there's like three concepts in that Thing <laughs> Like you can do, agree or disagree to like each part of that Sure What, all of them together, yes or no? I, they're different things <laughs> I think the the first bit About hatred doesn't cease by hatred Is probably true The second bit is like You're saying only love can mm-hmm. do that I don't know, uh, I don't know,
5: what was the last one? Eternity. Yeah, um, only by love. This is the eternal rule. Ah. This is the rule section. I think so there are two separate
9: things, yeah. Hmm. If you I mean, disagree with any part of it, then you disagree. Yeah,
1: I, uh, okay. I agree, because I think that the absolute, um, is, I'm, I think I'm using the word epitome correctly. I think from epitome, like um, in some, and maybe I'm saying this as a total Luddite, who's not on social media but every time like I log into Twitter I see like loads of hatred and I think that I lost my train of thought. <laughs> if not being on Twitter is love, then just get off Twitter. If Twitter sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. Uh, anybody who says for eternity... This is uh, the eternal rule. Oh, anybody says this is the eternal rule... There's no rule.
2: eternal yeah. rule.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> I disagree. Um, yeah, that's the... That last part gets me, so I disagree. Oh, I'm disagreeing with everything, pretty much.
10: (laughs) Um, If Naniso disagrees, I feel like I kind of have to agree a little bit. Um, Well, let me say I would agree with the first part. The second part, I think hatred can also be overcome just through forgiveness and acceptance. It doesn't mean I absolutely have to love that other individual, but I could just forgive them for who they are and for the experience that they have and accept them as another human being. It doesn't mean I have to then go the extra step of then investing love and and compassion, um, because that is... That's quite an investment,
5: that's about lot What was the quote? Uh, hate does not cease by hatred, but only by love. This is the eternal rule. Yeah, I gotta agree with that.
4: I'm gonna piss you off, Gibbs, but Ooh. like you saying, it can be done through things like forgiveness does mean that you're kind of agreeing with Naniso. Right. <laughs> Damn! But I would agree, I would agree, because uh, I think that, you know, we just established that you can have indifference as an act that would quell the two so if you quell hatred um, with indifference and that even can be more damaging then that can also get rid of that and fuck anyone who says that's the eternal rule yeah, like, you know.
2: but in a way didn't we just say that and also partly what you said is that it dissolves hatred is also dissolved just as love through indifference and in a way it does seize with indifference too So that is a remedy to hatred, just as well as to love. And the end of hatred is indifference, because that's where it hits a wall that just cannot, cannot overcome. But
8: But, but the other problem with this too is, isn't it also said, for example, with Edmund Burke, that the person that also does nothing is just as bad as the hateful or evil person?
4: Yeah, but being so bad. I agree with that statement. It can be equally shite. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't yeah. like
2: replace yeah. hatred. Yeah, we're not or taking hatred. positions as if it's good or bad, but that's where hatred as every other strong emotion ends hatred. when it's met with indifference. But it is bad. But it's bad. But I guess what I was saying is to
8: bring to other philosophers and for example Burke, they would say no, actually it's the indifference is the same as hate according to Indifference, indifference. becomes
3: um, complicit in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I would
4: say it's the same resultant but not the same thing. So like it's like if you have one person who is addicted to one substance and then they replace it with something else they still have a relation they still have a relation to the thing that's really terrible but it's a different thing so hatred and indifference like indifference being meth and hatred being ketamine I all right
5: i love it all this controversy whipped up by the great buddha
0: Oh. Whoa. <laughs> wow. That asshole. <laughs> wow. 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 Can you believe that can you jump can the beep? I don't have it. I don't have it queued up.
5: Um so thanks to all of you who participated today. This is awesome. Thank and you all. Yeah. Thanks to Keith Barr for providing the warm space and equipment. Thank you Keith Bar. And, booze. and booze. And booze, yeah. Nice
0: thanks to Steve. Yes. Thanks for organizing Steve. this yeah. nice. Of course.
5: It's a pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for being with us. Please check out our other insightful episodes by searching Apple Podcasts, Concerned Citizens of the Universe, and we're also on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash are you concerned? We will be changing our name in the near future. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that. And we look forward to the next go-around on... I'm sorry?
6: Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, uh, this is... Thing popped out of my head when I, the conversation was going on, but then, the thing is, there are certain rational things in life, and there are certain irrational things in life, and then you need to continue to believe in uh, rational things. Love is one such a rational thing because while um, rationality may make the life around us, it is irrationality that makes it worth living. Ooh! Ooh! I got a tweet. That's why we need to believe in love, even though it is irrational. Ooh. Uh, do, I have a, do you have a song?
10: There's a money thing. <laughs> is <laughs> that <there> money <laughs> sound <look> effect? <like laughs> <cheese? laughs> Yee Did you see that text? gig? Yee haw!
3: Is
5: there money too?
10: Good night! yes! <laughs> I got
5: it. And that's it. We are out. Bye! Bye. Thank you all